Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. It began with an incredible resemblance, a remarkable coincidence. It's my mother. It's my mother, too. An extraordinary discovery. Golly. Sisters. And now, Susan and Sharon, two twins separated since they were babies, have an ingenious plan to get their parents back together. Switch? We could do it. It's double the trouble and three times the last when Haley Mills and Haley Mills team up to spring the parent trap. Surprise! Exclusively on the Disney Channel. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie The Parent Trap, the original, from 1961. The studio was Buena Vista Productions, of course that was Disney. The release date was June 21st, 1961. The running time, 128 minutes. The box office was a huge success. It was the fifth most popular movie of 1961. It grossed over $25 million, which is the equivalent of $220 million today. 1961 was the year of Disney, because they also released 101 Dalmatians, and that was actually the number one film. The Absent-Minded Professor was super popular, being sixth, and of course The Parent Trap was fifth. Leonard Maltin from his classic movie guide gives it three out of four stars. His synopsis is, Haley Mills plays twins who have never met until their divorced parents send them to the same summer camp. After an initial rivalry... They join forces to reunite their mom and dad. This attempt to mix slapstick and sophistication doesn't work, but overall it's fun. It was remade with Lindsay Lohan in 1998. Now, I always enjoyed The Parent Trap when I was a kid, and I've only seen the original, by the way. And I also always thought the sisters were played by different actresses. Yeah, don't judge me. Of course, Haley Mills played both roles, with a body double being used for scenes where you don't have to see the face of one of the sisters. Speaking of fully not grasping things as a kid, I once asked my parents if they had color when they were growing up. Stick with me here. The logic being to this question, to my four-year-old mind, was due to watching movies and TV shows from the 1950s, like Leave it to Beaver and I Love Lucy, because they were all shot in black and white. Therefore, I naturally assumed everyday life back then was in black and white. I know, it's amazing how far I've come and that I'm even allowed to have a podcast. Okay, let's get into the main cast. Of course, you have Haley Mills, who plays both Sharon and Susan. Now, I covered Mills' career in the Pollyanna episode, and The Parent Trap would be her next film after Pollyanna. Those two films made her one of the top child actors of her generation. Maureen O'Hara plays Maggie McKendrick. Now, I've covered O'Hara's early career in the episodes for Sitting Pretty, and Father was a fullback, along with Miracle on 34th Street. Now, for many, The Parent Trap would be their introduction to Maureen O'Hara though she had been acting since the 1940s. O'Hara would remain quite popular in the 50s, often co-starring with John Wayne in films like Rio Grande and The Quiet Man and Wings of Eagles. And later in the 1960s and 70s, she starred again with Wayne and McClintock and Big Jake. Brian Keith plays Mitch Evers. Now, Keith was mostly a TV actor in the 50s, but often appeared in B-films as well. His film roles became more prominent in the late 50s with westerns and a film called The Young Philadelphians with Paul Newman. The Parent Trap would arguably be his most notable film role for many viewers, though his most famous role was on television for the show Family Affair. The director and screenwriter was David Swift. Now, I've already covered Swift's career in the Pollyanna episode, and like Haley Mills, The Parent Trap would be his next film. 
Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So it's actually based on a 1949 German novel called Lottie and Lisa, written by Eric Kastner. Kastner was originally set to write the story as a screenplay, but it was during World War II in 1942, and the Nazi regime put a stop to it. The Disney adaptation was originally going to be called His and Hers, and even though Maureen O'Hara was an established star, there was tension about who would be top billed. Since Disney wanted to promote their in-house star, Haley Mills, Mills was the top-billed actress, which really irked O'Hara since her contract stated that she would be top-billed. And after this, she never worked with Disney Productions ever again. Part of the draw to this film was the ability of the cinematography to show Haley Mills duplicated on screen at the same time. And again, some of the screens were simply a body double of a real-life actress named Susan Henning, who would be used for scenes where her face wasn't on camera. But the real trick for this was for scenes like Mills performing as Sharon and Susan during the musical number towards the end of the film, and other duplicate scenes which appeared throughout. Walt Disney really wanted the special effects to look real, where the audience absolutely could not tell that Mills was being shot separately and then edited in. Walt turned to artist UB Works, the man who originally perfected the cartoon caricature of Mickey Mouse. Works was one of the originators to combine live action and animation together, first used in the 1946 movie Song of the South. Anytime Walt faced a new tech type of challenge, he went to Works, and this happened for the split-screen effects for the Parent Trap. The scenes where we'd see the twins together, at least facially, would be shot twice. Mills would be performing with her double, Susan Henning, where the other twin would be in each take. Then Mills would change clothes and switch wigs and do the scene again as the other twin. Mills credits Henning for being vital to allowing the takes to be as realistic as possible. The two strips of film were then re-photographed one frame at a time in a device called an optical printer. One side would be photographed with a black mat, and the process would be repeated for the other side. This would allow for both takes to appear as one. To avoid a visible line between the two Haley Mills, a bit of creativity was used by using background elements like poles and door frames or bedposts. The other key was to make sure that Haley Mills stayed on her marks when she was doing her takes. If she was even slightly off her mark, it could throw off the take for that line. Okay, let's get into the film. So the opening credits give a bit of early claymation backstory about a divorced couple of two daughters. It's fun and very typical of this era. The title song is performed by Tommy Sands and Disney stalwart Annette Funicello. The film opens with a fancy town car dropping off the wealthy Sharon McKendrick to an all-female summer camp by her family chauffeur. She's from upper-class Boston, and while she's a polite girl, she's not used to quote-unquote roughing it, and requests that her tent be properly ventilated per the instructions from her grandmother. The camp counselor dryly retorts that she will be definitely ventilated. While getting lunch, Sharon runs into a girl that almost looks exactly like her. The only difference is that the other girl has much shorter hair than Sharon. Say, you're in a good tent. Betsy's mother sends her all kinds of candy bars and chocolates every week. I'm not allowed to eat candy. Why not? My grandmother thinks it ruins my teeth. Hi, Mary. Coming here with your face. What are you going to do about it? Do? 
What did I ever say can I do, silly? I'd bite off her nose. Then she wouldn't look like you. Who's she? I never saw her before in my life. Now, at this time, I want to say welcome to all our new arrivals. Welcome to Camp Inch, new arrivals. I am your supreme commander here, and my name is Miss Inch. Uh, yes, Miss Inch. I'd like at this time to introduce a visitor from the next hilltop over, from the Thunderhead Boys Camp, Chief Eaglewood. Thank you, Miss Inch, and hello there out there to all of you. Uh, looks like a crackerjack troop of girls there. <laughs> now, why am I here? Well, that's our little surprise. Trooper Stafford, pension. Stand up, boy. What a dream. <laughs> little surprise for you, young ladies. Saturday night, we're going to have a dance. <laughs> And we've asked the Thunderhead Boys Camp to come over for the occasion. Camp Thunderhead accepts your invitation and thanks you. <laughs> A word of warning. Watch your demerits. Untidy little girls won't go to the dance. So keep those tents clean, your uniforms spanking fresh, and we'll all be one big happy family. What are you staring at? Excuse me, but haven't you noticed? We look like each other. Hey, wait a minute. Turn your head. Let me see that profile. That's who it is. Look at that profile. She's the spitting image of you-know-who. Who? Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanted. <laughs> Even though we haven't been formally introduced to the other girl, her name is Susan Evers. Susan and her friends were the one who made the Frankenstein comment about Sharon. Then Sharon's friends kicked over the canoe with the other girls. To get even for the canoe stunt, Susan and her friends sneak out that night and put all sorts of messy items all over Sharon's cabin, like whipped cream and honey on the girls while they sleep. And then they tie strings all over the cabin. The cabin is a complete disaster the next morning during inspection. Shape. 
Sharon and her friends decide to retaliate at the dance later that night by cutting the back of Susan's dress without her knowing it while she's talking to a boy. This leads to a huge uproar at the dance and the eventual showdown between Susan and Sharon. Oh, it's happening finally in California. Every year when I get from camp, Dad takes me on a trek in the mountains. Gee, that's great. Mm-hmm. Your mother just lets you go up in the mountains like that? Oh, I don't have a mother. Just Dad and me. He's wonderful. Besides, I know most everything about trails and camping and wood lore. We have a ball. Just Daddy and me and Hecky. Oh, it's hot out here. Who's Hecky? A ranch foreman. He tells sensational stories. He used to be a rodeo rider, actually. Oh, they've started the music again. I guess we ought to, huh? Mm-hmm. I love dancing. I could just dance all night. Especially with you, Wilfred. a staple in many of the early live-action Disney movies, food being thrown all over the place was mandatory, and the fight scene included a large chocolate cake being dumped all over the camp director. Now, in this dance party scene where the layer cake falls off the beak of the totem pole and drops into Mrs. Inch's face, that was played by Ruth McDevitt, director David Swift originally wanted to cut this shot out. But when Walt Disney saw the rushes, he told Swift to leave the shot in, saying it would be the biggest laugh in the movie. And as it turned out, Walt was right, as usual. So the punishment for Susan and Sharon is the two are forced to spend the remainder of camp together, the last four weeks, just the two of them. They were taken to a remote cabin just outside of the main cabins. The logic being that the two girls will either figure it out and get along or choose to be miserable the entire time. The choice is ultimately up to them. At first, the two simply decide to ignore one another. But the ice finally thaws during a storm when the wind blows all their belongings around and Sharon decides to quickly help Susan close the tent flaps to prevent Susan's photos from being blown all around. This simple act of kindness quickly leads the two girls to talking to one another and finding out more about each other. We find out that Susan is from California, and we already know Sharon is on the opposite coast in Boston. 
Susan lives on a ranch in Carmel and is much more outdoorsy than Sharon. We also see a photograph of Susan's father. Sharon confides that she doesn't know her father. And Susan says, well, she doesn't know her mother. They both discovered their parents are divorced and that they're both 13. They also share the same birth date of November 12th. What is your mother like? I can't remember her. Did she die? Nope. Busted up with Dad when I was young. But she was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. How do you know? There used to be a picture of her on Daddy's desk. But once he caught me looking at it and it's never been around since. Hey, you want to come to the commissary and get a popsicle with me? Can you only think about your stomach at a time like this? At a time like what? Don't you feel it? Don't you know what's happening? Don't you find it peculiar that we both look so much alike and have the same birthday? It's just one of those things, isn't it? Will you come inside a minute, please? says I'm psychic. You know that I can sense things when something odd is going to happen. I always get goosebumps. Look. So what? I don't understand. What are you doing with her picture? It's my mother. But it's my mother too. Uh, lunch. You go. I'm not hungry. Two girls talk about their parents and decide that they must still love one another since neither of them remarried. Then they come up with the main plot of the film, which is they will switch places as they both want to meet the parent they've never actually met. 
Sharon with her father in California, and Susan with her mother in Boston. They believe eventually they will be found out, and that's the part of the plan because it will force the parents to have to meet in one place for the exchange of the two girls. This means Sharon will have to cut her hair to be a short hairstyle similar to Susan's. Susan, without the ability to get a long-haired wig, will simply say she cut her hair because it was too hot at camp when she travels to Boston to meet her mother that she's never met. There will be no way to tell the girls apart, with both of them having short hair now. You should wear this one when you go to meet Dad. Oh, this is gorgeous. Oh, I'm going to wear this one when I go to Boston. Oh, I adore it. Now, Susan, will you pay attention? Now, the music room and the library are on the first floor. Now, your room is the second door on the second floor on the left. All right? Now, the horse's name is Shuttley, and the dog is Andromeda. Fabrina collects the dirty laundry every Monday. Sharon, will you pay attention? Now, except for the dirty socks, those are Thursday. Uh, oh, yeah. My favorite food is chili beans. Well, you got to chew gum, because I always choose gum. Um, Fridays, you must somehow oil a razor flat. Uh, talk fast, you know, because everybody talks fast. Um, but I never bite my nails. Sharon, you gotta. I always chew mine. Anyhow, Dad'll know. Go on, bite him. Can't, shan't, aunt. Hmm? No, no. Can't, shan't, aunt. Can't, shan't, aunt. Oh, I can't wait till camp is over. Can't wait. Okay, I can't wait. You're not going no, to take no. it home, and that's it. Oh, honey. Daddy, he's not going to take it home. Oh, well, Daddy, not what home. do you think me? Spend so much time to get him all, baby. It's got to be done methodically. Remember the key, recollection and memory. Get her talking about how she and Daddy first met and their first date. Find out about that first date. Sharon! That's you now. Oh, yes, coming. Now, look. The most important thing, you must bring Mother to California. Boston is no place to rekindle a romance. I know putting you two girls together, but you've survived it, and I hope you both learned something from the experience. Oh boy, you'd be surprised, Miss Inch. Oh, yes. Well, goodbye, Sharon. See you next summer. Goodbye, Miss Inch. Oh, uh, I can't tell you how very much I've enjoyed my stay. I shan't tell my aunt about the aunts, uh, aunts, nor the debutantes, shall I? <laughs> Bye. What did you do to your hair? Oh, I cut it. It was too hot long. You wait till your grandmother sees what you've done. <laughs> so Susan arrives in Boston and is thrilled to meet her grandfather, played by Charlie Ruggles, and her mom, Maggie, played by Maureen O'Hara, and then her grandmother, Kathleen Nesbitt. Who's that I hear out there? Is that my little girl? That tall, gangly thing? Hi, Grandfather. Hello, sweetheart. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, well, 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 let me look at you. <laughs> Have you had 
Well, what's the matter, dear? I'm just happy to see you. Oh, and I'm happy to see you, too. I tell you, your grandpa missed you around here, you know. There was an awful... Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. What are you doing? Making a memory. Making a memory? Mm-hmm. All my life, years from now, when I'm quite grown up, I remember my grandfather and how he always smelled of... Tobacco and peppermint. Smelled of tobacco and peppermint. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I use the peppermint for my indigestion and the tobacco <clears throat> to make your grandmother mad. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. Welcome home, darling. Have you done to your hair? Cut it. Well, that's certainly obvious. I thought there was something different. <laughs> well, what's done is done. At least it'll grow again. What's the matter, Sharon? Are those tears I see? I can't help it, Mother. If only you knew. But knew what? Why, Sharon, where did you get that? She just arrived. Doesn't she look wonderful? Yeah. My dear child, what have you done to your hair? She cut it. Well, I had to because when it just... If my opinion means anything in this house, which I doubt, I like it short the way it is. Charles, stop burbling. I haven't burbled in years. And... Go down to your office and read your newspaper. See you dinner. Bye. Oh, now, really, Mother, it doesn't look so bad. So hoidenish. Are you a boy or a girl? Make up your mind. What's that? Oh, it's a present I brought for you. We made it. I mean, I made it, especially for you. Oh, thank you, dear. What is it? It's a birdcage made out of popsicle sticks. Oh, come on upstairs with me while I finish getting dressed. See you later. <laughs> Maggie has appointments all day, much to the disappointment of Susan, but she ends up canceling when Susan slyly mentioned she met a boy at camp and wanted to discuss when she would know the right time to get married, like when Maggie did. This quickly piques Maggie's interest. The two have a picnic together and Susan gets Maggie to open up about her marriage, like their first date. Susan is taking mental notes of the entire date in order to eventually recreate the positive things about their first meeting to try to rekindle that old spark. Next, we head cross-country where we see Sharon coming off an airplane in California to meet her dad, Mitch, played by Brian Keith, for the very first time. Still biting your nails. Oh, you noticed. 
She told me that you... <laughs> what? Nothing. Well, I certainly did enjoy all those nice, long, newsy letters. Yes, sir. Oh, that. Well, we meant to write, but, but we just got so tied up with, with plans and things, you know, that... Well, we... Who's we? Uh, uh, us. I mean, I. Oh, us, yes. There was a g very nice girl there. We became quite good friends. Oh, that's mine. That's mine. Uh, there. <laughs> Glad to be home, huh? It's wonderful. Were you lonely while I was gone? Well, I cried myself to sleep every night about the first week after that. No, no, that, seriously. I... Well, seriously, I got to play golf every day. I played poker at night, and I wish I could find one of these camps where they keep you all winter, too. Ho, ho. Ho, ho. It's good to have you home, Goofy. Uh, Susie, there's, uh... There's been a lot of things happening since you left, and I think we ought to have a little quiet talk sometime. Oh, sure. I have some things I want to talk over with you, too. Oh, you have, huh? Mm-hmm, but not now. Okay. Now I just want to think about getting home and being with my father. My very own father. My own father? <laughs> father. Father. What you have to bring this kid back for? I thought we got rid of her. Oh, she was hanging around the airport. I thought I might as well get her out of there. Uh-huh. I was camped. Oh, swell. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's about time we've been waiting for you all day. Hi, Ravina. <laughs> Never mind that hi, Toby. Just give me a hug. Oh, hello, honey. Let me get a look at you. You know, there's a change in you. Just the same as I always was. No? No, you're not. I'm not quite sure what it is. Hi, Andromeda. Stop that, Andromeda. What's wrong with you? You crazy dog. It's Susan, you silly. It's almost as if your own dog didn't know you. Funny, isn't it? Dogs are funny things. Well, I guess I'll go up to my room and put some of those... The female voice is Vicky, played by Joanna Barnes, and that's Mitch's girlfriend. While both houses are huge, the California house is especially awesome. It's got a ranch-style layout and acres of land surrounding it. Verbena, which is Mitch's housekeeper, dishes the dirt on Vicky, essentially implying that Vicky is trying to marry Mitch for his wealth and really nothing else. 
Sharon decides to tell Vicky that her father is a notorious womanizer and that Vicky isn't the only one in his life. Sharon does it matter-of-factly that it comes off perfectly natural to the shock of Vicky. Sharon and Susan talk on the phone that night, and Sharon informs her about Vicky and how it's vital that Susan get her mother out to California as quickly as possible. Susan won't hear of it because she wants more bonding time with her mom. Susan tells Sharon to sabotage her dad's relationship with Vicky as much as possible to try to stall for time before Maggie eventually arrives. So Sharon has a talk with her father about why he got a divorce from Maggie. Mitch sort of evades the questions because he's trying to break the news that he's going to marry Vicky. We also discovered the wicked side of Vicky, who we hear talking to her mother that the first thing she'll do when she marries Mitch is to send Susan to a boarding school. Of course, she doesn't know that's really Sharon in her place. So Sharon is distraught about Mitch being involved with Vicky and finally confides in Verbena. Verbena is the only person to notice that Susan didn't really seem the same when she returned from camp including why the dog won't even come near her. Finally, Sharon breaks and tells Verbena who she really is. Mitch finally decides to tell Sharon that he's going to marry Vicky. Sharon loses it and tells Mitch that it's a horrible idea and Vicky isn't right for him. Exasperated, Mitch walks away and Vicky decides to talk to Sharon. Hello, darling. He's making an absolute ninny of himself. Oh, it came as quite a shock to you the way he told you, didn't it? Men put things so badly. Can't you and I discuss this calmly and rationally together, like like grown-up women? Oh, I'm sure we can. You're not afraid to come over here and talk to me, are you? I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. You're a big girl now, Susan. You're old enough to understand that wonderful, delicate mystery that happens sometimes between a man and a woman. I know what wonderful, delicate mystery Daddy sees in you. And I can't say I blame him there, either. You're very nicely put together. Your father underestimates you, I think. I'm sure you won't, will you, Vicky? Susan, dear, you've had him to yourself all this time, and I can understand that suddenly to have another woman around, well, it's a tremendous intrusion. But all my life, it seemed, I've hoped and waited for someone like him. Someone gentle and mature and rough-edged but quick to laugh. Someone understanding and wise. All the things that I've come to love and cherish in him. Well, that's very refreshing. Why, dear? Most girls just run after Daddy because he's so wealthy. Are you inferring that I'd marry your father for his money? If the shoe fits, wear it. I've tried to be friendly, but I'm going to marry your father, so you get used to the idea. You want to bet? Oh, honey, don't you play with the big girls. You'll be in way over your head. And now it's game on. Sharon sends Susan a telegram to be ready for a phone call that night. However, they didn't count on their grandfather listening in. Pig. What's wrong now? Look, I told you. Oh, what you to want do. to do? 
You've got to believe me. It's an emergency. I'm in just horrible trouble out here. Now, don't dramatize it. I'm not stupid. This time it's serious. It's the worst thing that could happen. You mean it's gone that far? And at a time like this, I think Mother ought to be here. Okay. Tomorrow morning, I'll break the bomb. See you soon. Hi, Susan. Susan? Uh, sit down, sit down. I think you and I ought to have a little chat, don't you? <laughs> so now the two wise ones on both coasts know the ruse. The next morning at breakfast, Susan's secret is revealed to Maggie. We got the Picasso exhibition at four o'clock, Margaret. We don't want to miss that. Are you coming, Charles? Oh, no, thank you. Then we should get out in time for Mrs. Saunders' tea. Oh, Caroline's daughter's coming. Oh, really? Oh, now, Sharon, you've got your dancing lesson at 10.30. Then you can go straight on to the musical appreciation at the Leonardo Hall. Oh, Stames could drive her in your car, Charles? Yes, yes. Now, at three o'clock... I don't think I'll be able to do any of those today. What did you say? Sharon, you interrupted your grandmother. Well, I have something important to tell you. Mother? Mother, I think what you and Daddy did to us children is lousy. In fact, I think it stinks. Sharon. And let's get this straight. I'm not Sharon, I'm Susan. Sharon, your Sharon is out in California with Daddy. But it's impossible. You can't be Susan. But I am Susan. Sharon and I met at camp. So we decided to switch places. She bit off her fingernails and I cut her hair. And now she's out in California with Dad, swimming and riding my horse and having a keen time. And I'm stuck here with these lousy music lessons and I hate them. Susan. Oh, I'm sorry, Mother. But I wanted to see you. And I miss not having a mother. I love you very much. And I wondered... If you could love me as me and, and not as Sharon, please. Oh, Susan. Oh, darling. Why didn't you let me know? Why I didn't you tell? I couldn't help it. I mean, I wanted to be near you and to know what it was like to have a mother and everything. I just thought they ought to be alone for a minute, that's all. No, she's Margaret's child. She hadn't seen her since she was one year old. I'm her grandmother. I'm a right. Louise, for once I'm putting my foot down. Let them alone. I've tried, Mother. Honestly, I have. But I just don't understand. Well, darling, it doesn't mean that your father and I didn't love each other. But sometimes, even when people think a lot about each other, they sometimes just don't get on together. So you're going to have to switch us back again, huh? Well, legally, you belong to your father, and Sharon belongs to me. 
His and hers. Makes me feel like a bathroom towel. It's lousy, isn't it? But don't worry. We'll find a way. Six months split. That's how it's gonna end up. What? Oh, a lot of kids in camp have that problem, too. Six months with one parent, six months with the other. <laughs> like a yo-yo. Oh, I don't like it any more than you do, darling. But don't worry. I'm not going to lose you now. This in your case? Yes, ma'am. May I come in? Of course, Dad. Well, I have you and Susan on the noon plane. Well, that doesn't give us very much time. Well, the best I can do on short notice. Well, thank you. <clears throat> Traffic's pretty heavy these days. Uh, are you, uh... Are you wearing that dress on the trip, are you? Well, what's wrong with it? Oh, it's very nice, very nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Give my best to Mitch when you see him, will you? I wonder what kind of a wife he has now. Oh, who said he's married? Well, a vital romantic fellow like Mitch, it's a cinch. He'd find himself a nice young wife. Well, I certainly hope that she likes to sleep in the great outdoors and scale fish. Yeah, now, no sour grapes now. Oh, Bettina, uh, would you see if you can find my blue skirt? Yes, ma'am. You know, Margaret, I've, I've got to hand it to you for one thing. I've got to give you credit. It certainly shows strength of character not to go with the new fashion trends in clothes. All right, Dad. Now, what are you trying to get at? Oh, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just saying that. I, and, and you take your hairstyle, for Well, instance. what's wrong with my hair? Oh, no, well, that's what I mean. Women nowadays are wearing their hair a little differently, that's all. You know, a little fuller, maybe. All you know. right, Dad. Are you looking for a fight? No, oh, with my favorite daughter, not on your life. Now, now, don't get me wrong. My goodness. <laughs> well, you know, you, you are what you are. And I... God love you, I wouldn't want to change you for the world, not for the world. Well, who said anything about changing? That's what I say, stay the way you are. Well, I certainly intend to. A nice, reliable, settled, comfortable woman who accepts the coming of age with grace and dignity. Why, that's the most horrible thing that anybody could possibly say. There you are, you see, you're flying off the handle. And all I came in here for was to kiss you goodbye and wish you good luck. A... <laughs> uh, goodbye, daughter, huh? Goodbye. Give my regards to Mitch, huh? <laughs> One of the underrated characters in the film is actually the grandfather. He and Verbena are the heart of the film in many ways. Susan and Maggie arrive at Mitch's ranch, and the sisters reunite and drop the big news on Maggie. Look at you and short hair. 
I cut it, Mother. You know I like it. <laughs> oh, and I love yours, Mother. Where's your father? Oh, he's out somewhere on a horse. Are we in time? Time? Didn't you tell her? Tell me what? Well... Dad's getting married. The wedding is supposed to take place in a few days, and Mitch has no idea that his other daughter and ex-wife are now at his house. This leads to a few fun scenes where Mitch doesn't realize which daughter he's talking to. As far as he knows, it's been Susan all along, not Sharon. And then when Maggie finally reveals herself to Mitch, he hilariously falls over himself. When the surprise is finally revealed, Mitch is happy to finally realize he spent all the time with Sharon for the first time. Now, in that shot where Brian Keith trips on the chair, he fell so hard that he actually cracked a rib, and he kept on right with the scene. He was a true professional. So while the majority of this film has been the tale about the sisters, the last portion of the film centers on the adults, and things really kind of kick into gear, especially when the girls go camping with Vicky. Just little bitty old bear cubs, they wouldn't hurt a fly. You shut up and get me my boots! Yes, ma'am. Oh, I hate this place! This may be somebody's idea of fun, but it's not mine! I hate the fish! I hate the ladies! I hate the trees! I hate the filthy bugs! I can't stand this place! I want to go back to Central What's happening? You big overgrown jerk! It's not worth it! Do you want your clothes, Vicky? Thanks a heap. You, your twins. Do you share everything? Everything. Everything. Well, you give your sister her half of this. Hey, wait a minute. There's no cause for that. They didn't do anything to you. You'll never know what they did to me, you big goon. Get me out of this stinking fresh air. <laughs> So, how will this all play out? Well, look, it's a Disney movie, you can probably guess, but it's a great ride to the finish that is a lot of fun, and the acting from everyone is terrific. Maureen O'Hara really shines, and you it makes you disappointed that you really didn't get much of her in the first 90 minutes, but she makes up for it in the final 30. Again, the acting is much better than today's live-action film, so if you're a younger viewer, give the originals a shot. I don't think you'll be disappointed. All right, some fun facts. So this film was nominated for two Oscars, Best Sound and Best Film Editing. It lost to West Side Story for both categories. Joanna Barnes, who plays Vicky, is the only actress to appear in the remake of The Parent Trap in 1998. She plays the older version of her character, who has passed her gold-digging ways onto her daughter, Meredith. Susan Henning, who said in an interview that Haley Mills' mother tapped her on the shoulder and told her to come with her, thinking that Susan was actually Haley. Susan got up and walked with Mrs. Mills as Haley was laughing. They were all laughing when Mrs. Mills realized that she had the wrong girl. The film was a major success for Disney, as I mentioned earlier, but it was a financial disaster for Haley Mills. According to her book, she had to pay taxes to the IRS on her earnings. Her father then sent the rest of her money to a broker in England, where it was taxed 
at 91%. After the fees were paid, there was very little money left for her. This is in addition to the fact that she receives no residuals for this movie. All right, we have a special guest, and it's Samantha, who has actually never seen the original Parent Trap from 1961 up until this point. She grew up with a 1998 remake with Lindsay Lohan. So I thought, well, that's perfect. Let's get her fresh take on the original, and let's see how she compares it to the remake, the one she grew up with. And then I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. Hello. So this is a fun one. So even though we're covering kind of a classic movie, it's not a 30s or 40s movie, this one's unique because I wanted to get your perspective because you grew up with the the 1998 remake with Lindsay Lohan, but you had never seen the original Parent Trap with Haley Mills. So this is going to be fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the uh, first I have to ask, do you like... I, now, it's unfair to... Because you grew up with the... Uh, you only knew the 1998 version, uh-huh. so I'm assuming you like that one better. But how did you feel about the the original when you finally saw it? Oh, yeah. So I did. I watched the 1961 version for the first time, and I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I thought it was super cute and charming and just very delightful. Um, it won't hold like that special place in my heart as like right. the movie I grew up with, but... As a kid's movie, I thought it was just really cute and fun. And I was enthralled the whole time. It was cute. <laughs> so I, the other reason I had you on is I've never actually seen the remake. So I I, oh. I need to do that. But so yeah, you're gonna... you, weren't, you weren't quite the demographic. <laughs> no, by 1998, I was already in college. So <laughs> I I grew up with the Haley Mills version. So I'm like, I don't really don't need to see it. I'm the same way with Freaky Friday, too. So yeah, uh, we can talk about that one next. <laughs> good, good. That's what we, we will. I'll have you watch the Jodie Foster version. So what? <laughs> What scenes, since I don't know anything about the 1988 version, yeah. what, what scenes did you like better in the original compared Ooh. to the remake and vice versa? Okay, so I think what got my attention right away is how similar the plots are. Mm-hmm. Like, the structure of the movie is pretty much identical. Okay. So there really were no like creative (laughs) changes in that way. Like the basic plot points were, they matched completely. So it was really fascinating to kind of watch the original version of it, even though the, you know, the original to me is the, the new one. Sure. Um, So I was kind of just like analyzing the whole time (laughs) and kind of like, yeah, comparing in my mind, um, which, kind of plot points differed because I have probably seen the 1998 version like dozens and dozens of dozens of times. It was one of those movies that I like rewatched and rewatched. I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what did I like better in the first one? I, uh, it's hard to tell because it's kind of like nostalgia versus like quality. Sure. Um, But I kind of did like how in the 1961 version, how they um, all ended up at um, the dad's house. Right. So this isn't really a scene in particular, but um, I liked how the... um, the reunion was kind of dealt with in the first one mm. or the original movie. Um, because you have, 
I can't keep them track. There was Sharon and Susan, but right. <laughs> you had the mom show up with the, you know, her daughter uh-huh. and um, at the ex-husband's house. And then there were some cute little scenes of them like running back and forth and almost running into each other. And then he, they and how they ended up reuniting, I thought was really cute. I liked it. Um, I think she was like in a bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but in comparison, in the 1998 version, they're at a hotel um, where the um, dad is looking to get married, I think, with his new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're staying at a hotel, and then the mom comes to this hotel, and she's actually really drunk. <laughs> and they kind of just like get a glimpse at each other, like from the elevator. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and it's then they kind of see each other again and he falls into a swimming pool. Um, (laughs) So there's both kind of like silly, like slapstick humor um, bits, but I kind of liked, yeah, I think I liked this, the reunion, how it all came to be in the first one. Okay. A bit better. Yeah. So so in the remake, was there a, did they initially go to camp with one another? Yes. Okay. So that's yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. And then exactly the same there, the cabin, they, one of the girls is in is even named the same. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then at the, towards the end, when they go camping, when they try to sabotage yeah. the uh, fiance, is that the same too? Pretty much exactly. Okay. The pranks are, I think identical. They, Oh, wow. There's like, I think in the remake, there might be a, like a, she goes to um, drink out of a little thermos thing and there's like a lizard on it. Mm. Um, it might've been a frog in the remake, but I could be wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they trick her in like the same ways for the most part, same behavior from her as well. Now in the remake, she's more point. out for his money, right? I don't, is that, I don't know if that's the same. Yeah. So in the remake, it's pretty clear that she is, kind of like a, I don't know if she wants more of like the status or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, kind of like that gold digger yeah. type um, stereotype. Um, and I think it's even mentioned a few times, like money more specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then since it's, since it was 98, the internet was still relatively young, but was the internet any of a plot point in the remake? Ooh. Ooh, oh, I can't remember. Okay. That's a good, good point. But yeah, no, I don't think they like looked anybody up online okay. or anything. Cause yeah, no, I don't think so. That's so it. I think that's why it was good. This was remade still kind of in the infancy. Yeah. Because if it was made now, the, a lot of the plot points couldn't be the same. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in the remake, they still like meet in the, they're at camp. So mm-hmm. they really are kind of like in the wilderness. And they figure it out based off of kind of like things in their lives. And because they also end up in the isolation cabin together. (laughs) Um, And there is like a picture. So I think in the original version, um, the sister who lives with the mom Mm -hmm. um, has a picture of the mom. And then in the remake, I think they each have like half of a picture and they put the picture together. And they're like, oh, look, it's dad and mom. <laughs> we ha- each have a parent. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of like that same type of like old fashioned discovery. Mm-hmm. And then 
yeah, once they go their separate ways back to their different parent, yeah, I think they still are, they manage it, but just via the telephone. Got it. Got it. No, that's interesting. Okay. So now I'm going to tell you to set aside your personal biases of loving the 1980 remake. Uh, and we're going to compare who you like better um, subjectively uh, in each role. So uh, Haley Mills versus Lindsay Lohan, who do you pick? Oh, uh, I, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's so hard to not. I know, I know. But I do think Lindsay Lohan was more of a just naturally good actress. Okay. Yeah, I like her and how she played the different girls. Like there were very distinct personalities and she was really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Haley Mills, I, this is really silly, but I did get caught up in her accent a lot True, because she's a, an she's English British. actress. Yeah. So yes. her accent would kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that <laughs> and is true. She would, but she was playing a girl from Boston in California. So that kind of got to me. And then, um, also I think just maybe the, the convention of you know, acting's a little different, like early 60s versus late 90s. Like the style is a tad different. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did like Lindsay Lohan. Okay, that's that's totally mm-hmm. fair. Uh, Maureen O'Hara versus Natasha Richardson. Oh, that's really hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> Maureen O'Hara is a classic actress. She was, I think Maureen O'Hara in that role, she's definitely more of like a, like a presence. Yeah. Like, I feel like when she was on the screen, there was kind of like a glow about her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, the beautiful mom is back. And she also had like a really like fiery temper. Yeah. Which they kind of kept up the whole time. Um, So I thought, yeah, she was just more of like a like a fixture. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did. I thought she was really appealing. Um, But yeah, Natasha Richardson was fabulous too mm-hmm. so yeah maybe because it's not a i haven't watched the 98 version in a while so sure. but yeah i was really taken with yeah marine o'hara's um job so yeah i'll be curious like if when you do watch the 98 version again if uh if it still holds up the same because you know you're still thinking through mm-hmm. uh, growing up with yeah. it so yeah okay and then finally brian keep first dennis quaid yeah so gosh i i think Honestly, the both of the adults in the original might be better. Okay. So I think uh, it's hard to say again because yeah, the performance sixty one version is more fresh in my mind. But I thought his like different sides of the dad were really like heartwarming and sweet and he did a, yeah, a great job. So I thought, yeah, again, kind of like there were a lot of angles mm-hmm. to the role and it was, it was just a Disney movie, but yeah, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're long too. It, they, both, were, both are very long. Yeah. Yeah. I thought both of the, the parents were really just acted very well. So, and then lastly, I don't know their names, but we'll just compare them. The, the uh, fiance for the male characters. How, how did you, which one did you like better? Oh, so um, I think Vicky versus Meredith. Right. Um, so Vicky was the 61 and then Meredith was the 
98. Correct. I do yep. think Meredith in the remake is more evil. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. And more just kind of like classic evil stepmother. Um, mm. I think she might've gotten more screen time too, mm. or maybe I just feel like she had a few more iconic moments, <laughs> but I think, yeah, remake fiance was better. I thought Vicky in the 61 version at first, she kind of just came across as like sweet lady da 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 da, and her kind of her behaviors didn't really come out until a bit later, maybe. Okay. When she started interacting with the girls more, but I thought, yeah, the remake Meredith was kind of like consistently there was something up with her. <laughs> so Elaine Hendricks, who played, was in the yeah. remake, I know I'd seen her before. So she was in, she had a small role in Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. She played Got the fashion it. designer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. I, well, I definitely want to see the, the 1998 version. Uh, it'll probably be the opposite because I only know the 61 version, but uh, it sounds like, you know, you can, both are equally enjoyable, especially for you. Oh, yeah. And I think, I don't know. I feel like the remake, they, they kind of added to it sure there were a lot of little details that were different um especially i feel like the the camp portion where the girls meet each other and kind of develop their characters is a little more extensive in the remake Mm -hmm. yeah whereas in the the original i feel like you got more time with them like after that so sure Okay. That, that was something that kind of like stood out to me because I remember as a kid, I thought the like the camp scenes were the funniest parts. Yeah, they and they uh, are, and they didn't really do too much. Well, they did, like I said, they did pretty much the same stuff in both movies. But yeah, in the '61 version, did they I cut the did they cut the dress in the remake? No. So, okay. oh, that was the other point I wanted to make that I yeah. thought was super interesting was that. I think also from being, you know, I was a young girl at one point, (laughs) what I thought was really interesting was that in the 61 version, they're 13. Yeah. So there's definitely kind of like a teenager angle to it. And there's like um, hints at it, like at the camp there, there's a dance with boys and they wear their little grown up dresses. And then there's also mentions of um, like, oh, she's being a teenager. Like, I can't spank her. Or like, (laughs) the dad says that at one point. And like, he finds like a bra in the bathroom, which actually belongs to the ex-wife, but belongs to the daughter. So there's kind of these points related to the girl being, you know, 13-ish, kind of like on the cusp. Um, But in the 98 version, they're only 11. So there's definitely, it's a little more of like a more sweet, like kind of kid-like. Yeah, preteen. Preteen angle. um, And the, the, as a result, I think there's different treatment to some of the scenes that they Mm -hmm. have. So yeah, that kind of, that stood out to me for sure. Um, I think because I was closer to Lindsay Lohan's age when that movie was made. So Mm -hmm. I kind of identify more with that kind of being at that age when I saw it as opposed to, yeah, a (laughs) 13-year-old. It is amazing how at that age, two years makes a huge difference, like 10 years. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I was watching the 61 version last night, I was like, wait, 
why are these kids like dressed up and like slow dancing with each other? Right. <laughs> At this dance. And then they cut her skirt and uh, it's like mortifying. Um, but then I looked them up and then I was paying more attention. And yeah, she was actually 15 years old when that was filmed. And right. then mm-hmm. they were supposed to be 13. And yeah, okay. when you're a young girl like that time makes a big difference. So. Oh, totally. <laughs> and and it's interesting that especially older movies, like kids also seem more mature back then. I don't know if it's because the way they uh, dressed. I, yeah. yeah, the haircut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I was I was really confused when I when I started watching the 61 version. I was like, are they in high school? But they look like little babies. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And then but yeah, it all it all worked out. Well, thank you for doing this. I, I, I hopefully this was fun for you. And I'm, I'm glad I got to introduce you to the original. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like a a walk down memory lane in a way. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to go out and watch the remake again. Just oh, to, yeah. <laughs> been too long. Thanks again, Samantha. All right. Thanks. If you are ever in the San Francisco Bay Area and still love collecting or renting DVDs or VHS tapes, come check out Captain Video and San Mateo at 2837 South El Camino Real. Captain Video is open six days a week and closed on Wednesday and one of the last traditional video stores still running in the United States. New movies you can rent for $2.99 a day. Old movies you can rent for $2.99 for five days. And if renting isn't your thing, you can also purchase anything you find in the store. Be sure to tell Ira that you heard about Captain Video from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. Happy renting and happy collecting at Captain Video. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com.